Hello everyone, this is Griffin and this is Flight Sim Edge. How are my people doing? I know it's been a while since my last recording and uh, I do apologize for that. Um, <clears throat> truth to be told, and it's sort of a dent in my pride, uh, I got really sick. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, the, the, the plague, what my friends call Khufu, but uh, I, was, I was pretty down. I know I should have got checked out just to make sure I didn't have it or that I got, you know, treatment, but I basically just uh, languished on the couch. I didn't sleep in my, my bed because I didn't want my wife to get whatever I had. And, but uh, you can still hear it in my, in my voice, but I'm doing a lot better. Um, <clears throat> I'm not running a fever or anything like that. I uh, have this sort of annoying kind of uh, phlegmy throat, but uh, uh, anything that was in my chest worked its way out, and uh, so far so good, eh? But uh, I do apologize. Um, anytime I tried to record, I would just get into this huge coughing fit, and it just it just was ridiculous. I got about uh, 30 minutes through one uh, draft recording, and uh, I was sucking on... Uh, Paul's lemon drops through the whole thing and it just sounded it just sounded ridiculous and then I started coughing so <clears throat> bear with me um, and uh, hopefully anyone else that uh, got this nasty thing that's out there uh, was able to to get treated for it and and or uh, was able to get over it uh, on their own uh, I am 45 years old and uh, um, I do have uh, diabetes, although my numbers are really good. I take care of my numbers. They're never out of control. So um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't think I was, uh, you know, in, in too much danger. If I got to the point where I couldn't breathe or something like that, then, yeah, I would have I checked myself. Um, <clears throat> I would have checked myself in. See, I'm still uh, clearing my throat every five minutes, and that's going to affect the quality of the broadcast. But... I don't want to wait too, too long before I do a recording, so uh, just give me good uh, positive energies, and uh, as always, we'll get through this together, right? <laughs> <coughs> well, there were a lot of changes um, that have come up in uh, hardware, software, um, the, the, whole, the whole gamut. Um, I wanna I wanna make a correction. You guys probably that are follow hardware um, know about this, um, but I'll make it anyway. I said that the uh, uh, Nvidia uh, ASUS um, product, uh, the thirty eighty Tough, uh, had the six um, caps on it that were the lower quality caps, and. Uh, that uh, um, that I was fooled by that because of the photograph that was shown by um, uh, various uh, stores that showed a picture of the card. Um, having seen the card being taken apart on on more than one uh, content creator on YouTube, they were the card that I was trying to find the name of that had the six. Um, uh, the six good caps, the gold ones that are in groups of four, and uh, that's a really, really, a really good card. Um, they have come out with some sort of update, firmware, software 
um, something of, of that nature. And from what I can gather, um, the cards seem to be uh, uh, all the cards, whether they have the, the six preferred uh, caps or the, the original setup uh, from the founders cards, which is uh, two of the preferred caps, four of the lower end caps, or, or even four of the lower end caps, um, the cards seem to be uh, doing a much better job. They regulated uh, the voltage in the different boosts and uh, apparently some of the cards with the lower end caps were a little bit too aggressive. Um, but uh, um, if you do overclock and uh, you want the best performance for your buck, in my opinion, if I was out there buying a card, I would get the Asus Tough. Um, I just like the way it looks. I like the way it's built. And uh, I, I know from various other content creators that that card performs very, very well. I'm not saying it performs better than any other card, but it uh, for the price point and that card comes in, if you can get it, at the MSRP, which is... Uh, the uh, $499 price. Um, the more and more we look at it, unless you use some sort of uh, um, computing power that needs a higher, uh, you know, AI um, application, um, the 3090 is uh, not the choice of card to get simply because. Um, it's it's way more expensive. I think they're um, I think they're sub, they're at nine hundred dollars. I think is what the MSRP is, and uh, the uh, um, the third party cards are are expected to go even higher than that. Somewhere maybe in the twelve hundred dollar range. You don't get the performance that warrants um, that. Uh, extra $400. I mean, you just, you just don't do it. We're still waiting on the 3070s. And of course, once those are released, we got to wait to see what kind of performance kick it's going to give uh, in Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. That might be harder um, to discern. It depends on um, <clears throat> what content creators are, are testing it and, 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 uh, and that um, there are a few that tested the 3080 um, with Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And um, pretty much uh, you can put everything on Ultra and, and, uh, and a 1440p monitor. And uh, it works really well. Um, my confirmation, um, my, uh, I've, I've, uh, pretty much have been vindicated with the 4K monitor situation. Um, and uh, in this uh, program, we're going to talk about uh, um, what's going on within the program, but um, it's not going to be a, an all hardware episode. But I just wanted to say that uh, that 4K, a lot of people flying Microsoft Flight Simulator on 4K um, are dropping it down to 1440p uh, 2k resolution because uh, um, to get it to run uh, it just looks horrible um, 
and I know what some of you are saying, so I thought a 4K was the best quality monitor, but to get it to run smoothly on the 4K, it takes so much power to run it on the 4K, and we're talking um, 2080 ties and, and uh, 3080 cards, to get it to run smoothly, to get to that sort of sweet spot between, you know, 45 and, and 60 frames per second, depending on aircraft and scenery. Um, it, it just looks awful. So, um, you know, and the 3090, although I don't know this for an absolute certainty, but the jump in performance, uh, I don't think that 15% is going to make that big of a difference in that type of situation. So, um, you know, if you have one out and, and have a 4K monitor already or you are um, you bought a 4K in anticipation of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, um, you might have to run it on 1440p to get to get the, the really good visuals that you would want um, out of this sim. Um, I also want to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> I, I saw a game creator, a uh, 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 content creator that does video games overall, not just flight simulators. Um, I don't even think he does flight simulators on a regular basis, but you could almost hear the, the, the choking in his voice. I'm not saying that he cried, but he's like, in all the games he's ever played, he's never had as many crashes and situations as with Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And uh, um, I laughed at that. I, th I thought it was funny. But uh, <laughs> welcome to the flight simulator world, right, guys? Um, but, uh, uh, you know, mine crashed a lot with X-Plane 11. Um, and and uh, um, until a couple of the updates came through and then things ran a little bit smoother. I will say this that mine, I can just about guarantee when mine starts to crash, I know that there's a new NVIDIA update out there. Um, I got to put mine on automatic. I don't know why it doesn't automatically update, but I got, I got to figure that out. But uh, um, it crashes horribly. Um, it's a total crash in which you have to turn the computer off um, to clear it and then turn it back on, obviously. And... Uh, um, the uh, I'll go look for NVIDIA like mine started crashing uh, two days ago and uh, I was looking up you know my Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 um, crashes um, and in my search YouTube search engine and I was looking at various uh, content creators and they're talking about uh, deleting the C plus and reinstalling uh, the new C plus plus, I guess is what it's called. And um, that's a graphics language from what I understand. I mean, that's, that's some heavy duty stuff. Um, I was going to wait a little while and, uh, and see, I did get an update on Microsoft flight simulator 2020 and that's when the crashes kind of started to happen. And sure enough, about uh, uh, somewhere between 24 and 48 hours, NVIDIA came out with an update, and I haven't crashed uh, since then. So, 
NVIDIA seems to be uh, keeping up with Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I mean, sort of. Uh, waiting 48 hours uh, for your graphics uh, interface to be upgraded uh, so that you can run a program seems... Whew, uh, kind of punishing to me, but, uh, you know, that's the reality that we live in right now. And, uh, so there you go. Um, I, uh, um, I seem to have everything, uh, running fairly smoothly, um, right now. Um, <clears throat> I will say this on hardware that, uh, the new, uh, um, Throttle Quadrant Companion to the Honeycomb. Uh, I forget the name of the company right now, but uh, most people know the yoke by its name, by its product name, which is Honeycomb, um, is huge. I mean, it really is huge. Um, the 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 yoke is is pretty big, um, but it you could find room for it on a on a desk somewhere, um, even a even a desk as small as mine, well, it would be a challenge, I'll be honest with you. But um, I might have to put my computer uh, off the desk and put it on the floor, which uh, I don't like to do in Florida. Um, Florida, uh, you know, we get a lot of pollen and dust and, and, and stuff like that, and so I prefer to keep it a little bit elevated. I, I prefer to keep it on the desk top and you know, it's, I'm really proud of my build. I like showing it off. I don't want to see it, you know, stuck in a corner somewhere collecting cobwebs and such. But, uh, you know, if I had to, I would do it. Um, I'm going to figure out ways. There's ways to tweak. I told, I went through on how to un, un, install uh, a yoke that's currently not recognized by Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Uh, in the sense that you can just plug it in out of the box and everything, you know, works. You don't have to program, you know, your X, Y access or your, your yoke or, uh, I mean, your, your, uh, um, your, your, uh, rudder, rudder or anything like that. And, uh, um, you know, when it's unrecognized by, uh, the simulator, um, in regards to 2020, um, you have to program um, every facet of it, you know, the, the throttles and hat switches and, and everything. And uh, um, but there is a way uh, to refine those things even beyond that within the simulator. I wasn't aware of that. Um, I found that out um, about a week ago. And. Uh, this thing that I got just knocked me on my butt. I, you know, I haven't really flown at all and, and let alone make, you know, adjustments to, uh, hardware. But, uh, yeah, when I find out how to tweak that and make that even more refined, I will definitely pass it on to my people and, uh, we'll go through it together. Um, the, uh, simulator, um, but I wanted to let you guys know, uh, I digress for a second there. Um, the, the, the thwa throttle quadrant, throttle, I sound like, uh, uh, Elmer Fudd, but, uh, the throttle quadrant for 
the um, like when you look at the Logitech or SciTech, whatever you want to call it, um, it has a, a throttle quadrant and it's considerably a smaller unit than the yoke unit itself. Um, it's a nice companion. It, could, it butts up right next to the side of it. Now, keep in mind, I think the SciTech is horrible. It's old technology and it just, uh, you know, I just, I just think it's a horrible yoke. That's my opinion. But, um, but the throttle quadrant is, uh, you know, a companion to it and it uh, fits up nicely uh, snug against it. And it's about, I would say, roughly maybe half um, the, I'd say even less than that, less than half the desk space would be available to have the throttle quadrant. The throttle quadrant um, for the uh, honeycomb is huge. Now, don't get me wrong. It looks absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And you can put in the, uh, you can switch out the standard uh, throttles uh, and put the, the, the airline style throttles on it. It comes with those. Um, and uh, it's, 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 an, it's an absolutely gorgeous unit. But if I went with Honeycomb, and I went with um, its uh, throttle quadrant, and they're expecting a release, um, uh, speculative release. When I say they, I mean the community, uh, sometime before the holidays. Um, so uh, I don't know when the exact release date is now. They do have uh, the units out. I was able to see one on um, X-Force PC. Um, he has, they, they do a lot of, uh, they do a, um, customized computer builds for flight simulation, uh, specifically for X-Plane 11, but he's starting now to sort of open up and showing some hardware um, aspects uh, as far as Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 goes. I think it's just too daunting to, to try to avoid that this thing exists. But um, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, hold on, let me take a break and I'll take a sip of Gatorade and I'll be right back. There we are. If I was going to get that throttle quadrant with the honeycomb yoke, I mean, we're talking on the edge of having a dedicated um, cockpit setup. Let's just be honest. Um, it, it is not something that you could just transition like my throttle quadrant and uh, my keyboard and my mouse are all on my, uh, not throttle quadrant, my yoke, um, which has a built-in throttle quadrant. One of the real, one of the real reasons why I love um, the Eclipse uh, so much is that, uh, and I'm going to work hard to try to get this to be as refined as possible. I keep hoping that there will be an update where Microsoft actually recognizes the yoke, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. I'm not sure what the behind-the-scenes backroom deals are. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if hardware companies are paying Microsoft uh, something to have those uh, recognized out of the box because... Um, you know, uh, although SciTech, uh, the Logitech, um, you know, which has had a relationship with Microsoft, um, but uh, 
you know, I think they added that just because so many people have it, but a lot of people have CH product yolks. Um, they might not have the Eclipse, but they, they, they have uh, CH product yolks. They've been out for over a decade and, and a lot of people have those yolks. And so I was quite surprised to see that it was not uh, supported by Microsoft, but I'm not saying that hardware companies are paying Microsoft something uh, to be. I mean, the Honeycomb was fairly new. And yes, a lot of people bought them, but I bet their numbers are not as, as nearly as vast as, as the SciTech. And, and I bet their numbers are, are, are not over if you take the years that it was available um, for the CH products, you know, which, is, which is still being manufactured and produced you know, to this day, as far as I know. Um, but, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know why, uh, why, uh, CH products did not, did not make the list. It is, I will say this about, um, and I've said it before about, uh, X plane 11. Um, they recognize just about every joystick, hottest yoke, um, that's on the market. And uh, um, you'd have to go out of your way to find a yoke that's not supported by them. You'd have to pull something out that's like 15, 20 years old or something. And uh, But uh, just about any current yoke, high-end, middle to low is, uh, I mean, even, you know, 1999 uh, joysticks. Uh, 199, um, I, that wasn't a year. I meant the price, $19.99 USD, you, you know, joystick that you could buy at Walmart, um, is, is recognized by, uh, um, X plane 11. And, uh, I give them kudos for that. Um, it's, it's recognized. There's a picture of it on your screen when you hook it up and, uh, you can program your buttons, uh, in a very, uh, uh, easy user interface. Um, if that's one thing I'd have to say that uh, Microsoft 2020 dropped the ball on, uh, it, it was that. It's, its products recognized out of the box are, are fairly limited. And um, even some of the high-end yokes aren't recognized. Um, you know, it, can you imagine paying, you know, $1,000, $1,500 for your flight yoke and it's, it's not recognized by the latest and greatest uh, flight simulator out there. Um, I would be uh, perturbed. I'm perturbed with this. You know, I, pay, I paid uh, $250 for this yoke. I would think that, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and, I, and that wasn't like five years ago. That was, that was uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, <clears throat> we're probably closer to two years now. But, um, you know, uh, a $250 currently made yoke um, should be uh, recognized out of the box um, with a, a current flight simulator. That's, that's my belief. And uh, I just believe that that's, that that's true. Um, so let's go, uh, let's look at some things. Look at some things. And um, uh, and we'll go back to
um, uh, getting back to the menu and we're going to go to the marketplace and look at some of the things that uh, are available and um, and I wanted to talk about a few things and we'll go to the uh, full catalog um, I like the pricing that I'm seeing on a lot of the scenery I mean you're getting some good scenery for $7.99, I'm looking at a product now. It's the La Nubia Airport um, by uh, Saracen Simulation. That's USD $10.99. Um, I can't quote you an exact price, but I guarantee you uh, if this was available for um, X-Plane 11, it, it would not be $10.99. Um, let's just say that, try not to get in too much trouble. Um, and, uh, um, let's look at air, let's look at aircraft because that's, uh, really what I want to get to. And, um, one of the, the first companies, uh, that came out with an aircraft was Carinato. And matter of fact, they have, uh, Two piston aircraft, both are thirty dollars USD, twenty nine ninety nine. Um, there's one by Kickbox STI that's eight ninety nine, and there's one by um, uh, by um, oh, it's called the Kickbox STI. It's by BT Studios, and there's another one called India Fox Echo, um, and they have a uh, looks like an ultralight of some kind. Um, for $17.99. Um, the, the, the Coronado um, has uh, four stars on uh, each of their aircraft. And I know from content creators um, that these, well, I don't know anything about the, uh, um, the uh, M2-0R uh, ovation, but I can tell you that I've seen reviews on the CT-182T Skyline, and that is not a complete um, so piece of software. Uh, it just isn't. Um, there, there were glitches, and there were things missing in it, buttons that are supposed to work that don't. And, um, you know, um, and it looks beautiful. Coronado does some of the best... Uh, um, you know, PBR that there is out there. The aircraft uh, externals look gorgeous, but they're, they're the actual, and when they fly, they fly well. Um, I think that their, their uh, aeronautical simulations are, are pretty good, but there are still glitches in the program. And, you know, when you're paying $30 for that software, uh, I mean, and let's, just think of it, those of you that are, are, are that are console gamers, if you spent $30 on a game, now granted games are, are hover around $60, but let's say you got it a year old, you know, and, and you went to, to one of the popular outlet um, uh, gaming uh, um, stores, 
and you bought that um, piece of software, that game, for $30, and you put it in your, your Xbox or your PlayStation, uh, pick whatever generation you want, and the game had obvious glitches um, to, the, to the point where it impeded your ability to enjoy it to the full extent of what you expected it to. Would you just live with it and say, well, you know, I got it for $30, so I'll just keep it? Or would you be motivated to take it back and say, you know, oh, this game's got a lot of, a lot of bugs in it. I'd rather, I'd rather exchange it for, for something else. Um, I know I would be the latter. Um, <clears throat> if you're a software creator, if you're a gaming coder, if that's your job and that's your company, it's supposed to work. And it's, and it's not supposed to work 80% or 95%. It's supposed to work 100%. Now, if I bought that $30 piece of software, let's say I bought a $30 game for my computer and, and the game didn't, it had glitches in it, but I got updates you know, like Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, for instance. And it was a new product. It was a vast product. And I saw that they were working hard on correcting it. That would be one thing. But Carinato, and I can't say every product of Carinato, does not, it pretty much, the way that it's released is the way that it's going to be. Um, I've had two Carinato products um, for X-Plane 11, and uh, um, there were glitches on both the products that I bought. Um, uh, they flew, so I kept them. One of the aircrafts I, I, I really loved it was the Cessna Caravan uh, Cargo Master, and uh, I used to... Um, be a part of a virtual uh, air freight company. Um, and I'll tell you what that means uh, in the next episode because there are virtual airlines out there that people are joining and I'm going to do the research on that because I really enjoy that. And uh, um, But there were still glitches. I can't remember what the glitches were. They were minor. You know, you could take off, you could land, you could... Uh, but... Um, one of them, uh, trying to think, um, the other one, um, was a, uh, military style type of aircraft, uh, an older kind of piston aircraft. I forget the exact, uh, model that it was. And the glitches were such that it, it, it wasn't fun to fly at all. Um, and so I, I only paid $19 for it. I knew I'd have to go through the ringer to, to, to get my money back. And, uh, and, um, I just didn't bother. But, uh, the other one was a, uh, somewhere between 30 and $40. I think the caravan was like $35 at the time. I got it on a special that was like twenty nine ninety nine, and um, the glitches were minor.
they were there. Um, um, I know one of the glitches was when you were picking deliveries, you had to do a little trick to get the livery that you wanted. And that's fine. You know, that, that still means you can do it. And so that kind of a glitch doesn't, doesn't bother me. But there, there was a, um, a couple of glitches within the actual um, controls of the aircraft themselves. And I went back um, for both uh, airframes um, for months afterwards. And when I bought these products, they were not new. This was, you know, uh, the, the, they'd been out for a while. And these glitches still existed. They still existed. Um, and, uh, you know, that just, that just bothers me. Um, you know, in any other industry, if you have something visibly wrong, um, that's not something that's supposed to work, doesn't work, um, that's an issue. Even if it's a minor issue, it's an issue. Now, the caravan was such that uh, you could work around it. It had, I think it had something to do with the autopilot, if I, if I remember correctly. And uh, there, were, there were ways to kind of go around it. And uh, like I said, it was flyable. But the other aircraft was not flyable. Um, and uh, that was originally sold. Um, for uh, over $30. Uh, I believe it was around $29.99. It was marked down to $19.99. And both those planes got close to five-star reviews by the community. And, you know, like four and a half, four and three quarters, something like that. And um, they didn't work, you know. So, uh, anyway, it just was, uh, um, upsetting to me and, uh, um, because, you know, when I get free freeware or, you know, whatever that, whatever you want to call it, um, shareware, what, those are all old terms. I don't know if anybody's still, when you can get it for free. Because it's a, it's an enthusiast and he's programmed this aircraft and he's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. It's not perfect. You know, those were actually updated <laughs> far more often than any of the pre, uh, any of the payware. Now, there are some payware software and I can't, I can't give you the name because I just don't know. But um, I knew this going on the forums that worked. They completely worked. They were alpha tested. They were beta tested for long periods of time and they were released. And when they released, they worked. If there was a major glitch to it, it usually was fixed fairly rapidly. Carinado does not do that. At least it didn't do it on the X-Plane 11 platform. And, um, you know, so so be warned. You're going to look at those aircraft, and uh, you, they're going to look pretty cool, and they are beautiful aircraft. And uh, um, 
and they have four stars and you're thinking, you know, and Carinato is a good name. It's got its names out there. It's a name that uh, many flight simmers have heard of before. And, uh, you know, you're going to assume it works. Um, there's a review on uh, Pilot Q8 of the CT-182T Skyline. Uh, Skyline. And uh, I forget if in the end he recommended it or not. I think he did. But he does tell you what the glitches are. And they are decent glitches. Um, they affect the way that you're going to fly the aircraft and the controls that are going to be at your disposal. And, uh, you know, um, so just be fore forewarned, I, I would like to tell my community, don't get it. You know, don't get a product that we know has a problem and, and has a reputation for not updating their product to make it, uh, you know, work the way that it's supposed to. I mean, you're a coder. That's your job. You're not building the aircraft with your hands. You're not, um, you know, driving to locations to gather information. You're, you're, you're a coder. And if your code doesn't work, rewrite it. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. And coding's a hard job. I'm not saying that it's not. Um, but uh, I know coders and they, you know, in the business world, it's got to be right. As soon as they get a client that tells them there's something wrong, they are at that company. They are at those computers and they are trying to figure out why their piece of software is not working correctly within the context of, of, of that uh, business or corporation. And uh, obviously, we're not going to expect coders to come to our house and figure out why their airplane's not working on our simulator. But... Um, you know, spend an extra three weeks and get the get the the it right. And if it was something that you genuinely were not aware of, when you can go on YouTube and see your product review and see that it's um, there's something wrong with it, <clears throat> fix it. Um, I was hoping that Microsoft would be a uh, tighter baron. On, uh, on things that are on uh, their marketplace. Um, although it wasn't stated in writing anywhere, I remember the tenor of the community was, you will not see it on marketplace unless it works. Like they had programmed it themselves. And, um, you know, that does, that does not seem to be um, the case and I wish that they were a little bit um, a little bit more strict going for my second sip of Gatorade be right back but yeah um, as far as Microsoft uh, itself goes um, you know part of computer gaming is just understanding that there will be updates um, in in the the uh, OS, the operating system itself, your graphics drivers, and your um, actual um, program. Um, there's always, you know, that 
that three tier where something can go wrong. That's just part of computer gaming. For the most part, computer games are a lot more stable. Um, I got uh, I got into console gaming when I was younger, and believe me, I know that PC games look better. They look better on a computer monitor than they do a, a pixelated television, and uh, um, you know the the they they do but the games looked good it wasn't like you saw a computer game and it was vastly far more superior <clears throat> than a console gaming and the fact that the console gaming could put it on a larger platform most people's TVs are bigger than their computer monitors um, I thought made up for the for the difference because it was much more um, you got much more into the environment uh, of, of the game. And uh, I would see the same games that I would have to sit there and tweak. And because I didn't have the latest and greatest graphics card, um, that's another thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll have friends that say, oh, yeah, well, I don't counsel. My, my games look much better on my computer than they do on your console. And I like to look at them in the eyes and say, wait a year. <laughs> because the same level of graphics, and they improve the graphic capabilities of how the, 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 the gameware uh, can utilize uh, the power of the hardware. Um, like you look at uh, PlayStation games and Xbox 360 games. What was that, PlayStation 2 or 3? That, yeah, PlayStation 3, I believe, when the 360 was out. The games that were first released when the console was new, um, in many cases, couldn't hold a candle to the games that were released more towards the end of their lives because the programmers have, have figured out how to squeeze every last drop of performance out of that console. And um, the guy that bought the video card, let's say you bought a video card at the, you got two people, you got A and B. A is on the computer. PC guy is on the computer. He buys um, a high-end video card for his system. When uh, at the same time, uh, B, subject B, buys a gaming console and we'll just use Xbox because it has a direct relationship with Microsoft obviously and um, in the beginning you know um, the, the, the game on the console is you know if, if you go back and forth, look at one and look at the other, you're going to say, yeah, the, the one on the computer is, is far more superior. Or at least superior, maybe not far more. And, uh, um, you know, um, it's going to stay that way for a little while. But then six months later, a new update comes out 
hardware update, they come out with a new line of graphics card products. And when I was doing gaming when I was younger, that was the case. It was like every six to eight months, there was a new line of graphics cards and games were being designed for those cards. And suddenly you couldn't run it at the level that you were running your older games at within six months. You spent $300 on a video card, a GPU, and within six months, seven months, definitely within a year, you were not running the newer software at the highest levels, and in some cases, far from it. So, we'll advance to a year. A year later, that console is still out because you bought it when it's brand new. Console life's usually around somewhere between five, four to five years. So you have a console and it's running Halo, uh, the new version of Halo, and it's going to run that new version of Halo the best that it can run it. There's no graphics setting in a console. You put the disc in and it runs, or you download the product and it runs, and it runs the best that it can run. There's no sliders. There's no choosing if you want shadows versus um, moonbeams or, or anything like that. It's going to show you all of that content, and it's going to show you that at a high level. Now, compare that. Compare, and so the the A guy that bought the video card, it's, it's, it's a year later, and he buys a brand new video game. It's a very intensive, very graphics oriented video game and the other person buys that same game compare them then not to the new card on the new that's always going to look better i i have no argument with that but a's graphics suddenly don't run as smooth as the guy that has the xbox doesn't look as well maybe he had to sacrifice you know terrain density uh to to get the frame rates that he wanted to to be able to play it and you and the 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 gaming console has a is running it at its full density you know terrain density so you know it's that argument to me has never been a good one has never been a good one um, because the graphics cards life as compared to new products new software products new gameware products is much more limited than a console's life consoles gonna live for five years <clears throat> I had my Xbox 360 um, for close to eight years. Um, I have an Xbox One. I forget which generation it is. And, uh, um, you know, it. when the new Xbox comes out, we're probably not going to trade up. You know, might we trade up in a year or two? Maybe. But um, I don't do a lot of console gaming anymore, so that's that's not an issue. But even if you trade it up, you know, you have a console, you buy it, 
for $400. You use that for four or five years, and then you trade up to the new generation that comes out. And what are you going to pay for it? Around four or $500, the same price you paid for the old one. You know, and it's going to play its games at a maximum level. And, you know, the Xbox One out of the box was playing games, especially on a, on a, on a TV. We just got a, a beautiful new 4K television. Um, we, we, we were able to get it, uh, uh, via certain circumstances. Um, so it's not brand new, but it is absolutely gorgeous. It's, uh, um, uh, like one step up in size from our, I think our old one was uh, 40 inches and this is 50 inches, but, uh, um, the, uh, you couldn't tell me that the computers look that much better than an Xbox one game. I, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to believe it. And you're not going to tell me that the computers are going to look that much different if at all different. Uh, on the the new uh, Xbox, uh, whatever the hell the new one's called, um, Xbox X, I think, on a 4K television. Mm, I'm thinking not. I'm thinking it's going to look pretty darn close to what the the computer versions of those games uh, have to offer. There might be minutia. Um, the explosion has a little bit more, you know, if you're shooting something in space, like the new Star Wars game or something, and you vaporize uh, an X-Wing, there might be more detail in the explosion. You might see, you know, more pieces of, uh, uh, of metal or whatever come off the aircraft and the spacecraft than, than on a console version. There might still be that out there, but the overall tenor look of the game is going to be um, pretty darn close. We're getting less and less and less and less and less, in my opinion. Um, and believe me, I'm a computer builder. I build computers, but and I enjoy doing it, as I've told you in previous shows. But, um, you know, it's getting less and less and less justified. Now, computer games, computer gaming consoles, oh, computer, what am I saying? Um, gaming computers have had a boom of late, uh, especially in this COVID uh, situation. And, um, and I think that's because they have surpassed the look of the gaming console. Um, the new games that are coming out on the computer look way better than even what an Xbox One has to offer. Significantly better. We're not going to say way better. Significantly better. Uh, if you have a graphics card that can push that game to its limit, it looks significantly better. That's not the majority of p even people that build new computers. There's going to be far more people that build a new computer that get a, 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 just using NVIDIA as an example, that are going to get an RTX 3070 than get an RTX 3090. Vastly more. And brand new computer builds. And uh, um, 
you know, so uh, when the new Xbox comes out, I think they're going to narrow the gap even more. And then it becomes um, hard to justify a gaming rig just for gaming, um, in, in my opinion, in my opinion. But the exception to that is flight simulation. That's the exception. Because before now, and we'll have to wait and see how um, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 looks on a gaming console, the consoles just did not have the computer computing power to run the game. And, uh, and, and, and that's just the way that it's been. Now, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 looks. Um, and man, we went off on a huge tangent here, didn't we? Looks on a, on a, on a well, uh, you know, a, a good quality television, UHD, uh, whatever, as compared to um, the upper echelons of the GPUs. It'll be very interesting uh, to see and how that plays and if the experience is, is smooth and if that experience is just like a gaming experience, you know, where you're flying with your little handheld controller, that's not really a flight simulator. That's an airplane game. <laughs> that's the difference. Now, will you be able to hook up yokes to the new Xbox? I mean, then we're really at a at a at a decision. We're really at a crossroads in the future of flight simulation. Let me give you for instance, and I haven't seen anything to that effect. So I'm assuming that um, that's not the case. But let's say you get an Xbox X. It's got USB connectors in the back. And it will automatically, at least automatically, recognize the yokes that are recognized currently um, or uh, the, at the time in the future that the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 recognizes them out of the box. Um, let's assume there's going to be no way to program your yoke through the Xbox. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. So you got the Logitech that's around 200 bucks, right? Is that what it is? And you got, uh, the, um, honeycomb that's at the, uh, and this show's going to go over. And that's fine because I'm making up for probably a show that was missed. We're on episode six. We should have been at episode, at least at episode seven by now. So that's fine. Let it go longer. What do we got to do? Sit, relax, get a drink, enjoy. We're just talking our favorite hobby, Flight Simulator. But um, so what is that going to mean? You can put the yoke into the Xbox. You don't have to worry about. The, you know, the game automatically updates uh, on the Xbox. You don't have to worry about drivers. You don't have to worry about if, if Windows came out with an update and it's got a glitch within the, the, the simulator. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. 
you can go to the marketplace and you can buy. That's when you're going to see that the product has to work, in my opinion. Because gamers that are con dedicated console gamers, they are not going to want to pay $40 for an aircraft and there's glitches in it. Microsoft will start to get complaints. Our community is used to this. We've been dealing with this for 20 years. But console gamers, you know, when they buy a, a new race car for their Formula One or a new weapon for their Halo game or um, uh, a new aircraft for their flight, flight simulation game, they're going to fully assume and expect that that piece of software is going to work. And what I think you're going to see is, let's say, okay, the Xbox comes out, it's been out for a month, uh, and it's been running the, the flight simulator for a month. You'll go to the marketplace, and you might see six airplanes where the Microsoft, where the micro marketplace on our, on the computer, you might see 20 aircraft. Well, what's the difference, Griff? Why is there only six on there? I guarantee you the reason why is those six work. There's no glitches. There's no issues. There's no, uh, they work like the original aircraft in the game work. You, you can't, you can't tell the difference. They work. And, uh, especially when it comes to, to flight models and stuff like that, they, they work. So that'll be the difference. And, uh, you know, that's a plus to me. That's a good thing. You know, it, 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 yeah, there's only eight aircraft and there's 20 air, but I know these eight aircraft work. And I can download them and I can fly them. They're going to work with my yoke. They're going to work with the buttons that are on my yoke. They're going to work within the program. They're going to work with when the cursor touches it. So, um, but this is a very sophisticated game. And I'm really interested in seeing how that's going to work on a console. Um, supposedly, if you bought uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, you have a digital license, which means, from what I understand, I'm no gaming expert, that uh, what I was told is that you will be able to load it uh, on the Xbox when the game becomes available for the Xbox. And there's supposed to be a version that will work with Xbox One. Um, how that compares to Xbox X, I don't know. Um, and I can't pretend to know. But uh, it's just going to be real interesting, folks. It really, really is. It's going to change uh, the focus and the modality of a lot of new people that are getting into this to this hobby. So, um, all right, it's about to uh, cut off. It only lets me record in 60-minute uh, chunks. So uh, we'll stop it here, and, uh, and I'll see you on the flip side. Um, and we'll just go a little longer in this program. That's all. I'm back. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to change, uh, I think, a lot of the dynamic. Now, what you will not be able to do with a console is you will not be able to run a full flight deck 
from it. What do I mean? You're not going to be able to do multiple monitors. You're not going to be able to have 20 different peripherals. You know, um, <clears throat> yes, there's yoke and throttle uh, quadrants and there's pedals, but there's uh, units that uh, um, have vastly other things, you know, that you can control the, the, uh, the lights with toggle switches. The, you've got the radio setups where you can have different uh, radio um, uh, quadrants uh, set up. Um, there's even um, equipment that, uh, that looks like the real Garmin 1000s, you know that uh, you push the buttons and it's all, it's all right there. Um, and one of those companies has even made one that's compatible. Um, it's kind of a workaround. It's not right there. I wouldn't get it. It's not perfected as of yet. It's sort of like in a beta mode from what I understand. But uh, um, there's an actual Garmin 1000 suite that will work with Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. It's it's worked with X-Plane 11 for, for multiple years now. I think there's a couple of companies that make compatible ones with Microsoft, uh, with uh, um, X-Plane 11. So depending on what level, and that's the level that I would like to be. Uh, the only reason why I'm not at that level is, is mainly cost and space. But we're not going to live in, uh, although this is a very spacious and very nice apartment, we're not going to, um, we're not going to live here forever. We're already planning on, on when we're, when we're going to get a home. And, and, uh, you know, my wife recognizes that she would want, um, that, that I would want a room that's dedicated to, to my flight simulator. Now it might be like some kind of office flight simulator hybrid kind of a thing, but obviously where I can expand um, the uh, the environment, the hardware environment for my flight simulator and, and, and get it closer and closer and closer to uh, uh, what I call a generic flight deck because I just like too many planes. I can't set up a 737 uh, flight deck. Well, you know, those are thousands of thousands of dollars by the time you add it all in. But it's going to be, you know, ideally it would be a multi-monitor uh, setup. It would be um, some sort of dedicated seating. Um, I'd have the pedals and uh, it would look good if I'm flying, you know, a Learjet or a um, twin engine turboprop or a 737. It'll be a a believable or 747 for that matter it'll be, it'll, it'll be a believable experience no matter which kind of airframe that i would go with but it would be much more extensive um than the setup that i have right now so um that would be uh you know my ideal goal and we're going to talk about those kind of hardware options and what it would take to do that um, in, in, in a future episode, not an upcoming episode, one down the line. And uh, as we, um, as my audience grows um, with the hobby, there's going to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, more ambition within that hobby as well. And we're going to talk about that. 
So, yeah, looking um, to get back on on our task, um, uh, the the uh, not task. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and no, I'm not on any meds. I probably should be, but uh, I am not on any meds that are not over the counter anyway. Um, so, uh, be careful what you buy in the marketplace. Do the research on it. Um, one of the things that also disappoints me is that there are various uh, venues um, for liveries. I'm a big livery guy. I love, you know, even on a small aircraft, even on something like a Cessna, you know, I would love to have a choice of 30 different liveries uh, for that Cessna. Um, <clears throat> I cannot get, and it's freeware, um, just put in liveries for Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, either in your Bing or Google search, and, and you'll find the websites and, and get there. But, uh, and, and follow the instructions and hopefully it works for you. I think the reason why I'm having an issue with it is like I said, I think it all stems back to putting it on that D drive. And um, uh, I might just have to put it on the C drive. That would pretty much fill up the C drive, but I think that there are outstanding issues because it's not on a, on a C drive. It, um, there are people that are saying, I'm not the only one. I thought, you know, maybe I'm an idiot. I, I, I'm a hardware guy. I can build a computer, but I am software challenged. And uh, I don't like um, zipping and backing up a file and unzipping and trying to put it in the right spot. I did it for X-Plane 11. I had many, many liveries and, and uh, choices and, and all of that stuff. But um, I was hoping when the marketplace... Uh, opened up for um, Microsoft Flight Simulator that uh, um, that there would be, you know, and there is. Uh, right here it says free content. And uh, none of those liveries are there. Why? Well, I would assume the first um, on, on the platforms that I saw, um, it was a business decision. Yes, the liveries are free and there's packages on those liveries that come with, uh, 15 different liveries for three different planes, you know, that kind of stuff that that's, but, um, I tried everything. I went into the woods you know, saw different content creators, took different advice, read at least five articles on how to do it. And I tried every methodology possible and I could not get it to work. Just couldn't get it to work. And um, I put it in the, um, in the folder, um, you know, the right folder. And, and I, uh, um, expanded it in that folder and you could see it it's there but when you go in the simulator it's not there um either in my hangar or uh in the worldview where you can choose your aircraft and 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 liveries there as well
it just isn't there. I, you know, I, I just gave up on it because uh, I worked hours and hours on it. I'm not, I'm not kidding around. And the only thing that I could think of is that because all the examples that they give you is C drive. When you're looking at how to do it, it assumes that the program is on C. And I've seen content creators um, that uh, that says, you know, try to find your Microsoft folder and uh, on the on the drive, you know, that you believe that it copied to is was what one guy said. So I, I and, and I heard a couple of other things uh, in forums that uh, the installation, if you decide to do anything other than a C drive can be. Um, there's there's some little gremlins in there and they sneak into your your simulator and they and they 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 make their presence known uh in subtle ways um but uh yeah i mean if you're a power user and you want to be able to augment uh, the actual software and change files and add to files and stuff, then uh, if at all possible, I would install it to see. If you're the kind of guy that's like, look, I'm just going to install it and it's going to work and that that's fine and I want it on D drive, you probably won't have any issues. Even the free content that Microsoft gave, uh, some a couple of airports and the Japanese updates and stuff that is installed and for what i can tell runs fine um but uh anywhere where i have to go outside of the sim to add something to the simulation like liveries um is has not worked i have not been successful in any in any way um but yeah um i wanted to tell you guys that there are liveries out there you got to look for them and, um, you know, it, it seems simple enough. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but other people, I've seen content creators with their airplanes and array of different liveries and colors and stuff. So I know other people are having, you know, um, various levels of, of success doing that. But, uh, that one of the, the, I think it's two places. It's either one or two places where I saw liveries where the, yes, they don't sell um, the, the, the livery software, but there is a lot of advertising content on their website. And so what they're trying to do with their business model, from what I can see is, is that they put something that's desired by various communities and in this case it's the flight simulation community they have other content on there as well that has nothing to do with flight simulation and you know they 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 want you to go there and and you're exposed to you know the various advertising banners and they go to the advertiser you know the different companies and they say look we get you know 500 hits a day or we get 400 hits a day and they're there downloading you know, our content, you know, for this game or that game. And so they're going to see your banners and they're like, yeah, okay, we pay you this much to show our banner on, on your website. And so that's a way of generating income. So they have no desire 
to put it on uh, just the Microsoft Marketplace where you can go to free content and boom, there it is. But um, for the sake of the community, I think that they should. And I think that there's a model where um, that would work. And, and I'll tell you something else, even if it's not free, uh, and this is just me, but um, I would have no issue um, whatsoever. Uh, I wonder what promotion is. There's nothing there. Installed, those there, creators. Aerosoft. Oh, and it shows the different ones. Auto. Um, interesting. But uh, um, the. Uh, I would have for, for 20 different liveries on three or four different planes, I would gladly pay $5.99 for that. Or, or even ten ninety nine for that. I'd have or nine ninety nine. I should say. I'd, I'd have no issue. Uh, now, would I spend twenty nine ninety nine on that? Uh, they'd have to be really good liveries, and there'd have to be a lot of them that work on a lot of different frames. I might think about it. But you know, a package of say fifteen liveries on two or three different aircraft for five ninety nine. Yeah, I do that in a heartbeat, just like that. But um, so what I would suggest for them to do is figure out a price that they think is fair, that's reasonable, okay, for the community to accept. Run it on your website for a month, you know, and uh, most of the people that are going to want to be seeking the free downloaded versions will go there in that first month, uh, maybe six weeks. And then not releasing the whole packages, maybe, you know, a percentage of the packages and putting them in the marketplace and putting them at a very uh, reasonable rate, $3.99, $5.99, something like that. That's going to generate them um, more money. And by the time they release it, the, the, the clickbait that, that, uh, that those liveries would have um, would be uh, pretty much on the decline. It would peak, you know, the first week or two when people first hear about it. And, uh, and uh, then uh, it would drop off. And when it drops off and they're not getting, let's say they were getting a, a 50 clicks, 50 downloads a day. And they did that for three weeks. And then it dropped to 30 downloads a day. And that ran for, you know, another week. And then it was down to 20 downloads a day. <clears throat> another week after that. And then it trickled down to where they were getting maybe between 7 and between 5 and 10 downloads a day. That might make them go, you know what? Okay, we've, we've ran... Uh, the gambit on this, let's put some of this software on the marketplace. We'll charge $5.99 for it, and that'll be another way that we can generate income. So I would ask them to open their minds and think about this. I left them both uh, emails, uh, giving them my uh, 
my belief, because if they are generating income from the community, it's just my opinion. I think they need to um, support the community in some way. And they got to know because, you know, like I said before, my old business professor, if you have an issue with something, then a million other people have an issue with it too. And so, I, you know, I, millions probably not accurate in the case of what we're talking about. But if I'm having an issue with it, I know there are others. And I know there are others because there are multiple web pages outside of those companies that offer deliveries with advice on how to get delivery to work in your, to, to be recognized in your SIM. So other people are having issues with it. And if, and if following their advice didn't resolve it for me, then following that their advice didn't resolve it for a lot of me's. And uh, so um, that's a good way that they can give the, the, the community that are having some sort of technical issue for whatever reason, being able to download the aircraft. And those people were exposed to the advertising banners and they didn't get what they went to there uh, in the first place for. So I would never go to that website and look at their, you know, multiple banners. Um, I'd have no desire to do that. So, uh, um, you know, I lived up to my end of the bargain. I went to the website. I downloaded the, what was supposed to be downloaded. I wrote them a letter telling them that I was having an issue with it. Um, and they never responded to to me and what do they care i already saw the banners and if you know it's going to work with some it's not going to work with others we're not going to handheld all of these people they get a free product to to work on their computer i get it i completely understand i'm a business guy i got my mba i i do corporate consulting i i i totally understand that that's their standpoint and it's a valid one from a business standpoint but from a community standpoint i would say to them Take some of your older products that anyone that's going to download them in mass has already downloaded them and make it available. It'd be great if you put it on the free content. Um, that would be fantastic. But if you wanted to put it in, you know, um, a uh, um, somewhere else where you had to pay a nominal fee and you just click on it, it downloads and it works. Um, yeah, I, I would pay that fee and I would pay that fee repeatedly as they came out with newer and newer liveries um, for various aircraft that I, that, that I enjoy flying. So um, um, that would be cool. And what would be really be cool is if the simulator could see what liveries you have on your hard drive and apply those liveries um, to the AI aircraft. I don't know if that's possible. Like I said, I'm not a coder, but that that would be really, really cool. Whether you paid for it or, or got it for free, that would be that would be, be really cool. Be right back. Get another sip of Gatorade. Thank you for your patience. <clears throat> and what was I going to say? I was going, you know, I, I wish Microsoft would encourage that too. go out, say, who's got free stuff out there. Let's see if we can get them for whatever reason 
to put it on uh, in the marketplace so that it becomes available, you know, for for uh, more and more people to be able to, to find and get. And that would be really cool. Uh, I think that would be really cool. So what's some other things we could talk about uh, about what's going on within the sim? There, there are some uh, updates. Um, Japan is running a lot better uh, since the update. Um, I did get the, the uh, Paderborn um, Lipstadt Airport. Uh, EDL that was a that was a, a free one and you know clicked it boom it stalled ran perfectly went to the airport there it was really haven't flown around it or from it uh, or to it um, but it's available and I and I got it you know and it's a beautiful airport from what I can tell absolutely stunning so uh, um, But it's, uh, you know, you go to free content and there is a blank screen staring right at you. And uh, it's a shame um, that there's not a way that we can get free content in the marketplace. Um, you know, just for people that don't want to go through that process, number one. Um, and number two, people that have gone through the process and they're having, you know, technical difficulties, shall we say. Um, what's some other uh, rants that I have? Okay, the, um, let's just go to an airport and we'll go to my home airport. Well, it's, it's not my home airport in the sense that I live near it. Um, I do live in uh, Tampa, Florida. Go Rays, but it's not it's not looking great for them. But uh, how about that lightning, right? But uh, um, Lakeland Regional set as departure. Fly. I'll have to change the time of day because I'm recording this in the dark. Um, and uh, while we're waiting for that to load, I really don't like the whole camera issue. Um, it uh, Why can't there be an external view where I can see my plane wherever I want and I don't have to see, you know, the, the, the HUD content on it. Uh, I mean, if there's a way to turn it off, I haven't found it yet. Um, and uh, here we are on the runway with the engine started and everything else. That's not what I wanted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got the camera and you have cockpit external and there's the external and there's my beautiful little aircraft with all our lights on and um and all of our glory and there's the compass and there's the fuel and there's the engine rpm and there's the 
the altitude stick and all of that stuff, airspeed stick. And, you know, it should be one button. You know, I hit the button and it's gone. I hit the button and it's back. I like looking at my aircraft externally and I like looking at it fly. And um, there's got to be a record function uh, where you can record your flight. There's There's got to be a way to do it. I understand that it's it's streamed and so that's going to, but let's make it, you know, if that's an issue, then you can record it while you're live and interactive in the world. And, um, you know, when you play it back, it might not be as live, you know, it's not going to show an airplane, um, that is currently in that particular airspace at that time. It goes offline and, and, and does it and represents an aircraft that was there when you recorded it. Um, so, uh, um, I understand there's issues like that because I know an X-Plane 11, um, oh, you wish you could see that many stars in Lakeland. They're crazy. Um, the, uh, uh, like the weather, for instance, if you had live weather, it would, it would show your recording of your flight with the current weather conditions, not the recorded weather conditions. So I know there's a little kind of hinky thing that's going on there programming wise, but, um, you guys can work it out. You're geniuses. Uh, so there, there, sh there should be a recording function on there. Um, there should be a way to take the, uh, um, the graphic displays off when you're looking at your plane externally. And yes, you can, it's called showcase. I know what you're saying. I get you. But when you go to showcase, it just shows it from one, from one view. Um, let's try the drone mode. Does that change anything? No, not that I can see. Um, manual. All it does is show a blurry, blurry picture. I have not explored all the aspects of this. Try that. No, that doesn't move anything around. So the only mode where I can move around my aircraft seems to be external. And uh, that shows the little graphics. Now I'm getting used to it, which is not something I should have to do, my opinion. Um, but uh, sure. Um, it seems to be what it is, right? <laughs> so um, I'm going to check my frame rates. Uh,
on the back. Resume. Options. Where is it? It's kind of this. And uh, yeah, I'm getting 50 frames. It's nice. It's very nice. cooking. The mainframe threads are cooking. My graphics card is burning. Um, still have the uh, 1080 Ti. Looking forward to seeing what the 3070 is going to have to offer. Um, you know, and I'm looking for at least a 25 uh, to 30% bump. If it's less than that, I'll keep flying on my 1080 Ti. I have a good experience with it. Um, I have pretty much everything on high. I don't have everything on ultra, but we talked about settings before. And uh, so um, it is what it is. And uh, developer mode off. Apply um, and save. Go back. Resume. So yeah, um, that's a pet peeve of mine. And the fact that there's not a recording function. I was shocked when I found that out. When I thought about it, I realized there there might be a lot more uh, to that than meets the eye. But they're about to come out with a beta for a virtual for VR. You know, they can't figure out a way to be able to record your flight. I mean, I don't know. It seems to me that there there should be a way to fix that. Um, and, And uh, what are some other things that are uh, going on? There goes my plane rolling down the, the runway because I took off autopilot. We'll just skip that whole fiasco. We will skip that whole fiasco that is about to take place. So... Um, There seems to be an issue on, on what what drive you recorded on, um, at least for some people. Um, and uh, so be careful when it comes to that. Um, the simulator is a great simulator. Um, like any simulator that comes out, it's got a ways to go. Um, how did this simulator compare to X-Plane 11? Some people say, well, X-Plane 11 was much tighter than this was. But let's look at X-Plane 11 through a critical lens here. The biggest thing with X-Plane 11 
was the frame rates versus uh, the anti-aliasing. And I've discussed that briefly. On, um, X-Plane 11 didn't come with the Vulcan architecture, the Vulcan engine, whatever you want to characterize it as. And that really brought the simulator to fruition. That was the final piece, but it was a major piece. And the simulator suffered greatly, in my opinion, even on uh, a well-specced computer. Um, it was like it was never whole. It was never complete. You ran it, you flew, and and things were relatively okay. But when the Vulcan architecture came into play with the, uh, even with the beta version of it, um, when it was initially released, I never, um, there's an option on X-Plane 11 that includes, do you want updates that include beta versions? And, and I didn't because they were unstable. But when the Vulcan came out, everyone was raving about it, how smooth it ran, how um, perfect it, it, it was in comparison to what it was before. Um, that, that might not be the right word, but I, I let a couple of beta versions come out. I think there were two that came out before when I finally went ahead and said, you know what? The beta seems to be stable. It's not crazy. It, it, when the first came out, there were, there were a lot of issues. There were crashes and stuff, but it settled down and I allowed the beta version to, to update into my sim. And it was like a different simulator. I mean, it looked the same. It's not like the graphics improved, but the overall program improved so much that you really realized how poorly it ran two years prior to that. Everyone was still on Vulcan beta when Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 announced its uh, its uh, upcoming release. And a lot of people, when the Vulcan kicked in, were very happy. I was not. Um, I was not happy. Um, because I really didn't like X-Plane 11. I tolerated it because it was the best sim out there. Um, but I really had issues with it. And when Vulcan kicked in, it, it ran so smooth, I was like, this is how it should have been released. You know, they were talking about the Vulcan architecture update from when the program was first released and it took them two years to do it. It should have been, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know what Vulcan was going to do. I wasn't sure what it meant to the simulator as a whole. I thought it meant that the program would be maybe more efficient in how it dealt with RAM or, or you know, or something like that. Maybe it would allow multi-core usage or, or something like that. 
but I really didn't realize how it was going to change the simulator in such a drastic way. And that's when I was like, they shouldn't even have released it without this. I would have rathered them instead of trying to do, because when you release a program, it, it ends up having a life of its own and you're dealing with the issues that people are having um, with your released product. And so, and, and um, X-Plane 11 staff um, is nothing like Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 staff. Uh, I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking about personnel, available people um, to, to, to run and update and complete the simulator. And so once they released it, those 15 or 20 people, I mean, that's all that I ever saw. Um, they would have like, you know, get togethers with the, with, with the programmers and stuff. And, and you never saw more than, than 15 people. And I'm probably being generous at that. Um, and, uh, it, it seems to me that if they would have delayed the release for six months and they said, go ahead and let's get Vulcan in there. You know, even if it was the first beta version that crashed and then, and then was updated just a few weeks later and then started running stable. And then I got the third one and it, it was fine. You would never know it was a beta. There were, there were no issues. It ran fine on my rig for, uh, um, for about three or four months. And then they announced, you know, Microsoft announced that, uh, flight simulator 2020 was going to be coming out. And, um, I, I think we would have had a lot more time. Uh, with the Vulcan installed as a part of the, the, the architecture of um, X-Plane 11 um, than, than we did. Um, the fact that Vulcan was installed and the simulator was running the way that you would have imagined it run as a finished product at the point of sale um, was not going to keep me from changing to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And Flight Simulator 2020 is so vast. When you look at the weather and you look at the, you can pick anywhere on the world, pick your departure, pick your waypoints, pick your arrival, go into your plane, and that's all uploaded in your GPS. That's you have to pay $25, $35. Actually, I think it's a monthly subscription of like $9.99. So I could be wrong. But I mean, it was a significant amount of money. And for a third-party company that allowed you to be able to, and you'd have to go to their website, pick your route, 
that you wanted to do and then exit that website and then go into X-Plane 11 and then usually, and there were problems, it was in your FMIC or if it was, it was in your GPS. And that made things uh, convenient and easier. Uh, I believe it was a subscription and I believe it was $10 a month, like $9.99. You know, that's $120 a year. You get that built in to this simulator at the point of sale. And that includes the, the, the $70 version. So, I mean, Microsoft, with all of its little idiosyncrasies, we'll just put it that way, um, is still a much more complete product than uh, X-Plane 11 was by the time I left X-Plane 11. Keep in mind, if you didn't have that third-party company, if you didn't subscribe to that company, it's the same company that and it escapes me. It's the same company that uh, provides the 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 route construction, as in Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, that you get with the package. Um, not everybody had that. That wasn't something that was included in X-Plane 11. It was a third-party company that you had to purchase the ability to be able to do that. And um, <clears throat> true to Microsoft, it, it, it made sure that, uh, that that aspect was running um, stable and uh, predictably on the Microsoft package from day one. Um, so when we make the comparisons to X-Plane 11, it's not just a generation in, in technolo technological coding, although that's obvious. Um, it, it, it's a company that always felt like to me that they were satisfied with the state of their product as it stood. And uh, even their store, where you bought things, uh, some things were just awful. And they were on, you know, the, the, the website that was affiliated with Laminaire Research. And, and uh, it, you know, how can you be, I mean, if you want to have, if you want to go to, you know, simstore.com or I'm just making that up, you know, whatever, and buy a product and, it either works or it doesn't work, and that's fine. But to have it on your official uh, marketplace, for lack of a better word, um, although it wasn't integrated to the to the sim itself, you know, I felt like it was just whatever. You know, we'll sell whatever, and uh, it was very. Uh, when you look at, at certain aspects of how the, the business was run and how they did things, um, it, it, uh, it was a, I, I was a bit disturbed by it. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so, um, I enjoy the, the, the professionalism of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I enjoy the fact that there is a vast network of programmers that are working 
what seems to be day by day uh, improving things. Like I said, they're just about to release VR in the beta. They're still looking at people's uh, thoughts and, and what can be done to improve it. There was never a forum, you know, an official forum where you could go and say, you know, this is what needs to happen or this is what you guys should be working on next, you know. And there would be, you know, YouTube uh, content and um, what's that guy? What's the head of the guy's name? I forget. Um, and he would say, yeah, the Vulcans come. They were talking about the Vulcan coming out literally like the first month that the program was released. First of all, if you're not going to release something fairly soon, and I think within two years <laughs> would qualify, um, don't talk about it because most people didn't know what it was. And, you know, he's like, it's going to, and he would show diagrams and how it was going to change everything and run everything better. You know, I really think that six months slowing the release date down, and I don't know what their hurry was, I'm not sure, um, and getting Vulcan a part of that program upon release um, should have been the professional, uh, patient, customer, caring way to go. I rather have a finished product, a reliable and stable product, than have a product that is just more or less thrown out there and, and you know, hey, we're the best game in town. You know, just just live with it. There was supposed to be um, weather um, that was much more uh, intricate than it was. Um, weather was a huge letdown. And uh, I think Laminaire just said, oh, well, you know, there's going to be this third party company that'll do weather that party company that would do weather, you know, they could have improved. How do I know they could have improved the scenery and the textures because Orbix did it and they did it within a few months of X plane 11 coming out. And, um, and, and so, you know, it just could have been a such, in my opinion, such a much better product upon release with a little bit of time and, and, and effort. And um, maybe partnering up with Orbix in some kind of a way or um, doing that. But, you know, if you got the Orbix, if you got the, 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 the flight management software and you know, you're already talking well over double the price of the simulator. And a lot of people complained about $70. Well, X-Plane 11 was, upon release, was like around $63.99 or $65.99. And it was nowhere near completed at the level of Microsoft 2020 is completed. 
they got a ways to go. But I can get in my plane. I can fly from point A to point B. And, um, you know, the, in an environment that is just crushingly stunning compared to X-Plane 11. And, um, you know, it, it is... It is so vast. It its menu system is so well thought out, and just uh, just a really, really superior sim in 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 every aspect and and in every kind of a way. Um, the Microsoft Flight Simulator twenty twenty lets you do a lot of tweaking as well. And so that's good in the sense that, you know, hardcore flight simmers can really dig their teeth into and go for weeks, um, turning this on, turning this off, turning that down to that notch, turning this up to that notch. And we love it. You know, it's, it's, it's part of who we are intrinsically. Um, but there are a lot of new people coming to the community. Um, that, that tweaking is daunting. Um, but let me tell you something of all the tweaking that I've done, I can put my computer with my specs on, on just the pre made high, um, high end. And the performance that I get out of the computer is very good. I mean, I still tweak things a little bit to squeeze that little bit of, of frame rates out, and we've talked about that in the past. Um, but the average person that has a good computer can put it on high end and not look at any of the other settings and know that they're going to get a relatively smooth, good, and gorgeous flight experience. And um, so, you know, I just think that... X-Plane 11 was an unfinished product. I don't say it was a bad product. I don't say that. When people ask my opinion, I say it was unfinished. Now, they kept updating and kept striving it for it to be a finished project, and Microsoft is going to do the same. But the issue with the Vulcan architecture, in my opinion, that was a huge mistake. It was an intricate part of what made that program really run the way that you would have expected it to run on a high-end computer. Um, I mean, I had a 8700 CPU, a 1080 Ti GPU, 16 gigabytes later upgraded to 32 gigabytes of RAM, and it ran like a dog. It absolutely ran like a dog compared to the Vulcan 12. Um, I was surprised that it wasn't any better, but, you know, uh, other than maybe prepared, it, it was really the only real simulator out there that you really had a choice to buy unless you bought something that was, you know, leagues old. And, uh, <clears throat> you know... When the Vulcan came out, it was so night and day that that's when I said, you know, this wasn't fair. 
I've been running this program for two years at such a subpar level compared to what this is that um, I don't I don't think it's fair. Now they'll probably tell you, oh, we couldn't have done it in six months or something like that. I think when you look back at the at the trying to run the sum sim and keep the sim viable. Uh, probably took a much bigger toll and a much bigger um, resource than if they just had the six months with none of that stuff and just getting their act together and getting things done. If they couldn't release it with Vulcan after six months, they would have definitely been able to release it within another six months, which means you wouldn't have had to wait even a year to get the Vulcan update, it would have been there in, in four or five months. And um, that's that's just my take on it. That's my rant and raves about X-Plane 11 and comparison to Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. And some of the things I don't like about Microsoft 2020 that we, we brushed upon. And there are other things, and I will get to those things. But uh, I think we have enough... Uh, to tie up a show and um, I'm going to be exploring a lot of other aspects of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I'm going to be going on trips. I'm going to be making suggestions of different types of flights um, in regards to different kind of aircraft. We got a lot to go. We're just scratching the surface. So um, I'm going to put out my seventh episode fairly soon, hopefully to try to offset the delay. And I apologize um, that it, it, all I can tell you guys is if there was a way that I could record a show and not sound like a complete and absolute train wreck, I would have done it. I really would have done it. I enjoy doing these. I have enjoyed the, the time that I had recording this. I hope you guys get uh, a lot out of it. Stay safe. Um, you know, stay healthy and uh, wheels up soon. Take care.